0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajin. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's nice to be back. Yeah, the Viking season is over and it shouldn't have been. But, um, well, yeah, I'm still here. Still here to talk the postseason, but also get caught up on some, some brief Minnesota Viking news, but also some good Minnesota Viking news. It's plain as day to me that... The Vikings are focusing on the offensive line uh, into the offseason. That is their main focus and yeah, if if this team is intent on winning a championship, they need to protect the quarterback and of course it would help to have a little more run protection as well. So the Minnesota Vikings according to Mike Zimmer himself on his postseason press conference the Monday after the ridiculous missed kick and three other or I mean two other deadly sins that all cost the Vikings the game uh, Mike Zimmer came up with the line, maybe, maybe from mm, something like a Godfather type of thing, I guess. But ah, eh, you know, <laughs> it's a Godfather, all right, <laughs> in multiple ways. He just said uh, when the interviewer asked him, "And yes, it's been discussed in local media." But for those of you that haven't, Mike Zimmer basically said, "Well, uh, you know," asked if there's any transactions with players or coaching staff, and he said, "Well, only one. Uh, I, uh, I uh, did not renew the." Contract of the offensive line coach. Didn't mention the name or anything, which is Jeff Davidson. And then he was asked, uh, your reasoning? And he said, I didn't want to. <laughs> I love Mike Zimmer. I think many other people do as well. Just, I didn't want to. Um, <laughs> poor Jeff Davidson. And yes, he was a he was a holdout all the way back from, uh, he was a, a hold on, we'll say. All the way back from the children's days. So it's kind of crazy. That's multiple coaches back that Jeff Davidson's hung around. So all the way through the Frazier era and such. Can't say the whole line has been really great ever since the 2009 season. And even the 2009 season, it really wasn't that good at all. Really, um, the offensive line hasn't been good for a long time. So, to replace Jeff Davidson, it only took a matter of hours, really. And, uh, well, a very familiar name for NFL fans out there. Former head coach of the Miami Dolphins and Oakland Raiders and such. Tony Sperano is going to be the offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, A lot of people know him as a guy with sunglasses and there was a time people were making fun of it like why does he wear sunglasses even indoors and stuff well there's a reason behind it uh tony sperano back in (laughs) way back when he was 17 years old he was working at a fast food joint and unfortunately some grease yeah can you imagine the pain you know hot grease got got in his eyes and uh, causes a damage and unfortunately he has to wear sunglasses quite frequently because of uh uh, you know, like any any type of brightness, really, really hurts his eyes. I can even imagine the pain for the poor guy. Uh, ended up being a pretty decent football coach over the course of his career, quite an illustrious one at that. Fifty four years old, the Connecticut native. I always thought he was from Miami, but I believe he grew up in Miami. Uh, but he was born in Connecticut, October 7, sixty one. Anthony Joseph Sperano the third. Think about that. So he's he's already the third. In the line of generation. Uh, he's been an offensive line coach for many, 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 many years. Quite a career. And for a guy to rise up to head coach in multiple cases in the NFL, he's obviously got a pretty good pedigree. He's had a pretty good history across the league. Going back to 1984 at New Haven, <laughs> he was an offensive line coach. Boston University in 1988. Offensive line coach, Boston University, 89-93. to 93. Offensive coordinator, New Haven again. He was the head coach. The head coach, 94-98. to 98. Then he went to the Cleveland Browns to be the offensive coordinator and uh, assistant head coach, I believe, like, you know, like uh, associate head coach in 99 and then offensive line coach in 2000, Washington Redskins tight ends coach in 01. Sounds kind of like Mike Tice in that case, <laughs> but Mike Tice is a hell of a tight ends coach and offensive line coach as well, though, just because a guy may not be the best head coach ever. You know, sometimes the position that they coach, they're awfully damn good at. I mean, why else do they rise up in the rankings? Why else do they get promoted and such? They're obviously good at something, and Mike Tice was an awesome offensive line coach. Um, Right back in 98, that line was unbelievable, and Tice was a part of that. Uh, Let's continue here. I'm bouncing all over. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, 2002 tight ends coach. Dallas Cowboys tight ends coach, and that's when he started to meet Mike Zimmer. All the way from 03 to 2008, or 07, he was with the Dallas Cowboys, and that's where the association with Mike Zimmer took place. Titans coach with the Cowboys in 03-04, offensive line coach slash running game 05-06, and then D- Dallas Cowboys offen- uh, excuse me, assistant head coach, offensive line. And that was when Mr. Uh, Wade Phillips took over for the uh, retiring Bill Parcells. Man, can you imagine? Bill Parcells has been coached since 2006. It's already been that long. Damn, that's nine years ago, um, 2006 season. So yeah, it's nine years ago, almost 10 already. That's just crazy. But uh, yeah, he was the yeah he was the top assistant for Wade Phillips there in Dallas, a pretty damn good football team that year, 13 and three club that got upset by the New York Giants. After the Giants beat the uh, Eagles, or uh, along the way, and then it, things just continued to go the direction they did. Actually, the Giants beat the Falcons, but yeah, I'll we'll just leave that alone. Uh, pretty crazy, pretty impressive what the uh, Giants were able to accomplish, but also a nice rise in uh, pedigree for our offensive line coach Tony Sperano. Nice career for him. Most well, of the Miami Dolphins things start out very well. They finished eleven and five in two thousand eight. Very strong season. Then went down to seven and nine. And 7 9 again and 09 and 10, and then only 4 and 9, and was let go after week 14 for the Miami Dolphins, and then went to take over the uh, Oakland Raiders in 2014. He was one of the top assistants there as we continue to bounce around here. <coughs> Excuse me. He was the assistant head coach, like the top, top guy, basically, and offensive line in, in 13 and 14, and had to take over as the interim head coach for the remainder of 14 in Oakland. Um, Ultimately, he ended up finishing the season 3 and 9 in that case. The Raiders were not very good. Obviously, a terrible team in 2014. I still remember him like, oh, Tony Sperano is coaching again. But yeah, there's probably no way they'll keep him as head coach. It would have been cool. Uh, He did something... Uh, part of like oh you know let's bury let's bury the start of this season we're gonna dig this hole here and we're gonna fill up the dirt here you know we're gonna c- bury it you know so any of you that wants to take a shovel just shovel that dirt in the hole you know we're gonna cover it up ah uh, that that I didn't like that's Tim Brewster like man that that's Tim Brewster standards. don't do that stuff okay don't don't bring that kind of silliness here okay <laughs> that's all I ask <laughs> uh, other than that uh, a decent coach decent head coach but an offensive line coach, fantastic. So things should be headed in a better direction. I got to hope and pray that Matt Khalil will, well, (laughs) he will receive some better coaching. He will end up (laughs) starting to show more potential under this coach, and if he doesn't, well, he's, he's gone. Uh, not next year will be Matt Khalil's final season with the Vikings, if he has a, another disappointing season. He was a little better this year. Last year, he was just freaking awful. And of course, the injuries and such, Jeff Davidson, you know, maybe looked as a scapegoat, and kind of, but at the same time, I think when uh, <laughs> when uh, um, Mike Zimmer saw that Sperano was available and probably interested in the job, he said, you know what, Okay, you know, I bear, you know, he didn't know Jeff Davidson probably didn't like him that much. Didn't know him as well as Spurano knows that Spurano is like the real deal. So it was one of those. It isn't personal. It's business type of moves. That's that's the take out of it. I'm glad. I'm glad that we have a, that we're going in a direction of we're going to address this offensive line. Uh, the injuries too, and I didn't really talk about this on the last show because it wasn't the time to um, the injuries too. John Sullivan and Phil Oldholt could be pretty damning. Phil Oldholt with an ACL injury, that's that's not good. Uh, you need your knees to push, obviously. You're pushing when you're on the line. That's what you do. You push for a living. And you're back, in John Sullivan's case. You have pushed for a living. Those are pretty damning injuries. You hope and pray they're able to come back healthy and ready to go. But at the same time, this draft has to be focused on the offensive line. Yet at the same time, do you take him in the top in the, in the first round? Maybe, maybe not, um, you're not taking him in the top of the first round, you're taking him lower in the first round, so we'll see uh sometimes those guys end up being much better. That's where you got them. <laughs> That's where you got guys like uh like Orr and stuff, so we'll see Michael Orr, who ended up having a pretty good career, kind of up and down, but when he was at his good when he was good, he was damn good, so it would be a nice boost for the Vikings in that case. Glad to see the Vikings are addressing the offensive line. That concludes the Minnesota Vikings conversation. I actually went a little while with that one because um, it, he's a name. Tony Sperano's a name. And, well, there you go. You're addressing the most, the, the largest area of need for this team if you hope to win a championship at some point. And I got to think this franchise has their eyes on the prize. We'll end with that note and we'll talk about four other teams that have their eyes on the prize and the four teams they defeated to get there first on. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. We're back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. It's the big one here, postseason conversation. This is the big segment. This is kind of the feature presentation of the show, but you always got to get to Vikings news at the beginning because this is a Minnesota Vikings podcast. So, doggone it, that's how we go. That's how we roll. Yes, sir. Let's try to do them in the order in which they were played, or at least attempt to. Saturday, January the 16th, the New England Patriots hosted the Kansas City Chiefs. Even Fran Francis Tarkington thought the Kansas City Chiefs were going to beat the New England Patriots. You yeah, L thought that not not everybody, but a lot of people did, and I think a lot of you just wanted the Patriots to lose. But well, Tom Brady was up to the challenge, doggone it. And were the New England Patriots. They almost kind of like gave up the game later on, but what a nice start for the Patriots. They look legit, they look ready to go. Twenty seven to twenty final. The Patriots defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but, man, it, it, it didn't come particularly easy, but the good news is important players are healthy and ready to go. At least you got Gronkowski at top, Brady playing well. The offensive line has its issues in Tampa Bay, and some of the defensive players along the way as well. They've had injuries, and, of course, losing Daryl Rivas last offseason didn't help. I mean, he was such an awesome addition. He helped the Patriots win the Super Bowl last year, particularly get to the Super Bowl, even though he got beaten a touchdown in that game, and we all know what Richard Sherman did. Whatever. Ha! Richard Sherman hmm. we'll talk about that later, yes, that'll be the third game we uh review Tom Brady ready to roll sharp as sharp as a razor, very happy and um just a beautiful opening drive to the game just completion 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 classic Tom Brady accuracy he, he he's so healthy isn't he he looks so healthy so ready to go um, obviously wound up on the first drive of the game to Rob Gronkowski. The Chiefs finally mustered something, went up with a field goal. They could not, just could not finish. That's the thing with the Chiefs in this game over the course of time. Kind of reminded us of the Vikings in the Seattle game and other games in the season, like against Denver and such. Just could not get the job done, and that frustrated a lot of people. Alex Smith looks like a good, I mean, Alex Smith, obviously he's a decent quarterback out there, but he'll never live up to the Aaron Rodgers uh, hype that ended up, well, having both of them projected to be the one and two pick in the draft, and then 49ers did what they did, and they blew a chance to be a dynasty. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' dream was to play for the 49ers, and they blew it, and they're still paying for it, and they're going to be paying for it for a long time. Kansas City Chiefs end up getting another 49ers quarterback like they did multiple times, several times. The only one they didn't get was Steve Young. (laughs) They wound up with, I mean, think about it. They wound up with uh, uh, Joe Montana. They wound up with Steve Bono. They wound up with Elvis Gerbach. Now they wound up with Alex Smith. Isn't that crazy? Uh, just just watch Colin Kaepernick's going to wind up with the uh, f- uh, 49ers one day. Oh oh, I'm sorry, they didn't get Jeff Garcia. Mm. Okay, sorry, I didn't say that. Just the, just the way that guy talked was kind of funny. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing though that I just couldn't—I mean, I, I can't get over Tom Brady's ability to just <laughs> just his 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 healthiness out there. I mean, he, he you know you look at him, he's not a mobile quarterback, all that, but when he wants to be, he is and the way he rushed for that touchdown at the beginning that was well not called a touchdown he was called out of bounds but it sure looked like he cleared the pylon regardless he ended up rushing at the middle anyway he ended up kind of doing a quarterback sneak whatever to score a touchdown and make it 14 to 3 but just the fearlessness he wasn't afraid at all the way he was attacking there i mean do you how often do you see a 38 year old quarterback doing that uh, against a pretty good defense in Kansas City my goodness uh the guy his diet all that thing the no caffeine the no this the no that whatever it is it's pretty awesome it's turned into a it's turned him into a superhuman as long as he's not doing steroids but we'll leave that alone i don't think he is <laughs> awesome uh Job by Tom Brady throughout the game. Chiefs started to make it a little more interesting. Alex Smith started to get sh- more sharp in that third quarter. Finally, able to complete a drive, and the next thing you know, it's a one-time, one-possession game. At least as long as the Chiefs get a uh, two-point conversion, anyway. I <laughs> made it twenty-one to thirteen after another sharp touchdown play by uh, drive by Brady to Bron- Gronkowski again. Gronkowski's help so important to the New England Patriots, and with him healthy and Brady healthy you know, this this team could could still win the Super Bowl, and it's it's quite obvious to me. Just the sharpness of both of them right now is a a, a sight to see. The Raiders are able to, the Raiders, the Patriots are able to pound out, yeah, the Raiders wish, able to pound out uh, multiple field goals in the fourth quarter, Chiefs able to get one more touchdown late in the game, but just, it was too little, too late. When there's only a minute left in the game, you have to hope for a miss, for a fumble in the kickoff, and that does not happen very often, and I don't think the Patriots are going to screw that up. Bill Belichick is the best coach maybe ever, and hes he, they're, they're just not going to screw that up. You can imagine how many times they practice that, because Bill Belichick anticipates everything. Just like he had the Patriots anticipating a, a mistake by the Seattle Seahawks last year on the final play of the game. They anticipated the possibility. They might try to trick the, the uh, Patriots to think run, and the next thing you know, oh, here's a pass, touchdown Seattle world champions. No, interception, Patriots, world champions. (laughs) Uh, Steven Jackson's on the Patriots, isn't he? Wow. (laughs) Yeah, Patriots have no running game. That's the one thing that's kind of scary a little bit. Uh, And yes, the Chiefs defense is pretty good. Um, Their rushing game is still decent with West there. Though, yeah, I mean, you can't really replace what they had before, unfortunately. So, yeah. Uh, Great passing game. I think the Chiefs have, believe it or not. They have so many good receivers Alex Smith, he's decent. You just wish he was better, but luckily for the Patriots, Edelman is healthy as well. That's another huge piece. Uh, targeted 16 times in the game though. Of course, some of those were throwaways. One of a 10 catches, 100 yards. The Patriots pass the game is going to help them win a Super Bowl again. Very possible. Um, Amendola's healthy. That's good. Didn't really see as much uh, action in this one, but still his value is very much noted. Patriots look sharp and ready to go. I mean, a lot of people thought that Chiefs team was going to was going to beat them, maybe even kick their butts. But uh, now the Patriots have to go to uh, have to go on the road. We all know what's going to happen there. Uh, I mean, not what's going to happen, but we all know that they're doing that anyway. Arizona Cardinals host the Green Bay Crackers. What an epic battle. This was a pretty damn good weekend of football, wasn't it? <laughs> we'll see how long this segment drags on because uh, i got predictions to do as well. I'm going to keep that in this uh, segment, by the way. Why have a four-segment show? This is just going to be the postseason Segment and then we go to fan of direction, which will probably be much more brief than last week. Green Bay, Green Bay, heading to Arizona. Ooh, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, I'm sure the Cardinals are just so scared of them, aren't they? Oh, they're so scared. Thirteen and three Cardinals kicked their butts a few weeks ago. Um, nice start to the game and everything. Very sharp drive, opening things out, burning some clock. Carson Palmer ends up catching to Michael Floyd after some. Just some strong offense by the Cardinals, showing their ability. Man, they're going to kick the Packers' ass. They got this, baby. And then the Cardinals' offense just stopped. Like, what the hell? What? What? What the hell? When, when does? That's what drives me crazy about the Green Bay Packers. They give up so many yards, so many points. They suck so bad. But then, magically, magically, they get stingy. They get real stingy. And then, of course, Clay Matthews is what he is. They have top-heavy players on their defense. But for crying out loud, man, (laughs) there's so many other players on their defense that are very vulnerable to getting burned real good. And I guess this Arizona offense, you thought the Cardinals were going to take this thing and it wouldn't be too much of a problem. It ended up being a problem. And Aaron Rodgers, well... To his credit, he was extremely sharp in this game. Extremely sharp. Carson Palmer reminded me of the Cincinnati Bengals post ACL Carson Palmer in this game. He got the yards. He, he had a lot of yards, but he also attempted 41 passes to get there. He ended up with a lot of touchdowns, and all the credit for him, but he had two interceptions in the game, man. And it really hurt. The, it really hurt the Arizona Cardinals, and it got the Packers. It kept them in the game, it, it brought up their confidence. And then the Packers ended up leading for probably more than half of the game there, or at least a big portion of it, about a third of the game, we'll say. Maybe not more than half. And it pissed me off. It freaking pissed me off. The Packers were winning the game, and they looked so strong, ultimately. And the the, the Cardinals were just, they're sputtering. They're drop passes, incompletions. But then luckily, luckily for all of us, they finally got their butts in gear after the Packers did take that lead. Did take a more significant lead there uh, for a touchdown. Very strong drive to open the half for the Green Bay Packers. As they had the ball and they used all four and a half minutes to, get, the, to, the, to the, get to the end zone. It wasn't really that long of a drive. But boy, oh boy, did Aaron Rodgers look sharp on that one. And the Cardinals defense not as sharp, but still sharp enough, ultimately, at the end of the day. Cardinals end up winding having to settle for a field goal after that. A strong drive that just did not finish passes were incompleted the Packers defense was stingy again that's just how it goes <laughs> Carson Palmer had to throw the ball away and then the fourth quarter much better effort by Carson Palmer and such but it took a while both teams were sputtering punting the ball back and forth it was frustrating ultimately People didn't know what to think. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had an interception. You made the made may made the Arizona Cardinals fans believe. Here we go. This thing is over. But then the Cardinals' offense again couldn't do anything. The running game struggled most of the game, and that was frustrating. Uh, David Johnson just not up to it. And the Packers' defense, Packers' run defense, very strong. Eddie Lacy also just got loose again, like he did last week. And it's like, what the hell? He had a sixty-one yarder along the way, which helped the Packers score in the. Uh, in the third quarter, it was so frustrating. It wasn't how, how they it wasn't how they scored, but it helped helped them get there. Oh Lord, have mercy, Lord, Lord, Lord. Mm mm mm. But then there was an awesome drive by the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Carson Palmer started to look sharp again. Started to remind us of what he'd been doing all season. Completion after completion. It was so cool to watch. It's like, okay, these guys are serious now. Ended up with a really nice touchdown to Michael Floyd along the way. I was so happy. I was clapping so hard. <laughs> I was just jumping up and down. Because not only do I hate the Packers, I, I really like this Cardinals team, and I would not be mad at all if they won the Super Bowl. Not mad at all. I'm not going to buy any merchandise. I have pages of Patriots merchandise, but it's, I've had it for many years. It's not like I just jumped on any band. Like, yeah, we're talking 2001 here. Um, ever since Bledsoe went away. Because I never liked Bledsoe for some reason. <laughs> but uh, uh, just completing a wonderful drive. Carson Palmer looking like the number one pick he was back in the day. Back in the day, 2004 draft. Strong indeed. (laughs) Strong indeed throughout this one. In the second half anyway, in the fourth quarter. Great play. And then the Packers ended up having to punt. After a great defense by Arizona, Dwight Freeney with a sack. Things look so good, and the Cardinals end up getting another field goal to make it twenty to thirteen. All is right with the world here when it comes to Arizona. A sack again by the Cardinals, Dwight Freeney. for <laughs> Dwight Freeney wreaking havoc, and ultimately the Cardinals getting another sack. Looked like it's game over. Fourth and twenty. Oh goody! Aaron Rodgers completes a pass. Mm, unbelievable. So frustrating. And then there they go down the field. There was a, but uh, which which made it fourth and twenty. There was a, uh, they called it no catch or they they didn't call excuse me pass interference on in Arizona against somebody named uh, somebody <laughs> named Jeff Janis. Yeah, Jeff Janis. Did you ever hear of him? If you're a Packer fan, I guess you heard of him. Ended up uh, not getting the call on that one. And then he throws the, and then, (laughs) I guess it's karma or whatever the heck you want to call it. Aaron Rodgers completes a pass to Jeff Janis. Gets the Packers to midfield. No time left in the game. And then Aaron Rodgers hurls the pass to the end zone. I see a guy, kind of all by himself, kind of backing into the end zone like like a center fielder in baseball. You know how you back up. Back, back, I got it, I got it. Nobody's around this guy, but hopefully the pass is, like, further away and it's kind of heading toward a bunch of other guys, right? No, it was right to that guy. That one guy who was by himself, and it was Jeff Janis, and he ended up able to make the catch, being able to make the catch, and another Hail Mary touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. you got to be kidding me. Really? Another one? Oh, get out of here. Another one. The Cardinals did all that... They finally finally took control of this freaking game. And now they're going to lose. It's going to go to overtime. And then, oh, freaking gritty. Um, Larry Fitzgerald was strong the whole day. I could just imagine what he's going through at this moment. Can't believe it. He was a part of all those good drives. (laughs) Especially late there in that uh, the one that ended up being the the go-ahead touchdown that ended up going to Michael Floyd, which is the second touchdown of the game. Larry Fitzgerald, unbelievable game overall. Uh, And then there's the coin issue coin doesn't flip. Aaron Rodgers starts freaking out. The ball ends up going to the Cardinals. So, okay. So, the Cardinals have a chance, but they have to score a touchdown here. You don't want to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and have another, like, another Hail Mary pass or some bull crap. Packers get loose for a touchdown even if the Cardinals score a field goal with the new overtime rules. You know, all that type of thing. Cardinals get the ball. Okay. Just hope for the best. Oh, great. Great. Carson Palmer's getting rushed already. He got, like, no time and he spun out of it. Kind of like how Tom Brady, was an older guy, suddenly started looking mobile at the right time, right place. Actually showing some mobility. Carson Palmer spins out of a... Like, multiple ACL injury, Carson Palmer spinning out of a, a sack? Huh. Oh, you guys suddenly forgot about Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, who was only about five yards away from Carson Palmer. Completion. Why would you... Yeah, and then you get <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald in the open field. Hmm, what's going to happen? Okay, well, there's one missed tackle, there's another, and another. And now he turns on the Jets because he's got some more freedom. And, wow. (laughs) Miracle of miracles, a Packer defender stops Larry Fitzgerald at the two-yard line. But then, a quick shovel pass forward. Larry Fitzgerald touchdown, Arizona. Ball game. Good night, Green Bay. (laughs) No extra point necessary. 26-20. Arizona wins the game. got I love that. That was so much fun. <laughs> that was so much fun. What an emotional game. Oh, I'm sure everybody in here in town was loving that one without a doubt. Packer fans. And, of course, you get the memes on Facebook and, you know, all the stuff. Aaron Rodgers crying, this and that. And he's driving home in his pickup truck or whatever. You know, like he's, he's a redneck. You know, they, people assume that because they're Packer fans and stuff. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. Uh, whatever it was. The Packers are done. There's no Super Bowl run for them. And the Arizona Cardinals. Well, you hope they're you hope they're going to host the AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game. But then again, do you hope that if you want you really want Seattle to start really building some confidence, eliminating a 15 to one Carolina team on the road? Who's to say the Seattle Seahawks wouldn't beat Arizona and go back to the Super Bowl again? We'll find it. We'll talk about what happened there for those of you that maybe didn't watch the game, but most of you did. Well, you all know what happened. Obviously, those of you that did. <laughs> Oh, man. But so nice to see the Arizona Cardinals back in the NFC Championship game. They're undefeated in their history, but they only went once. They're 1-0 in the NFC Championship game, and hopefully they can continue that again. Seattle and Carolina, the team that will, the winner of this game will face against, or kickoff, we'll call it, against the Arizona Cardinals. Carolina would host it. Seattle would visit. Bank of America Stadium in North Carolina. That's right, North Carolina. Almost 75,000 people in attendance in this one. Wow. Uh, it reeked a 41 donut again, didn't it? <laughs> and wasn't it fun to watch at the beginning anyway? For those of us that hate that Seahawks team so much. But, you know, I don't really like the Panthers either. I, I thought I did for the longest time, but during the course of the season, I got kind of sick of it. Oh, goody. 15-1. and one. They're going to be undefeated. Carolina Panthers and undefeated sounds like, I don't know. It sounds like, ugh. It sounds like a peanut butter sandwich with a side of pickles. Uh no, not a side of pickles, with pickles inside it. Uh, pickle and honey sandwiches. That that's about how tasty that sounds. 16 and 0 Carolina. Come on. 16 and 0 New England. 16 and 0 Miami. 16 and 0 uh, uh oh, I don't even want to keep going. <laughs> Some type of classic heritage type team. But Carolina? Ah, well, they're 15 and 1. And the last few 15-1 and teams, the last three, in fact, 15-1 and teams have been eliminated in the Divisional Championship game. So that's a new curse going on. The first two 15-1 teams in the history of the NFL were the 85 Bears, 89 49ers. And they ended up trouncing everybody and rolling to the Super Bowl Championship because they were great teams. And then you had the 98 Vikings. Well, they, they survived the second round and they got to the uh, conference finals and we know what happened there. They lost to the Falcons, Pittsburgh excuse me, Steelers. So it was the last two teams they lost in the divisional round. Pittsburgh Steelers 15-1, and one, and they got upset pretty quickly during that uh, 2004 season. They ended up losing that game. Steelers done. Steelers done. They lose a 15-1-er right there. <laughs> uh, it was kind of funny to see. Uh, a young Ben Roethlisberger, just not ready for the big time yet, but boy, we saw how ready for the big time he ended up being. Ultimately long-term with at least two Super Bowl rings in his career and a third appearance in the Super Bowl losing in heartbreaking fashion to Another team that had a 15-1 record the year after they won. That would be the 2010 Packers ended up winning the Super Bowl there 2011 Packers 15-1 and done to the New York Giants who went on to win the Super Bowl that year. The Giants just love (laughs) Green Bay. They love Lambeau Field They really do very beautiful thing indeed. So, back to the point here. Carolina, Seattle. Is Carolina going to get upset in the divisional round? It didn't look like it at all. It really didn't. I mean, it was just too easy. It was just interception, pick six, all that stuff. Two interceptions right out of the gate. A <laughs> pick six by Luke Kuki. Uh, unbelievable play. I can't even say his name correctly. Yeah. I mean I know him. He's a p- big name. He's a pretty well-known linebacker for one of the best defenses in football. Ron Rivera, head coach Carolina. He's a guy that I respect a lot. Mr. Rivera over there, a fantastic coach for the Carolina Panthers. And my god, they're good. <laughs> Their defense is just freaking awesome. Their offense looked really good too. Um, Cam Newton. Does he look like a Super Bowl coach, uh, Super Bowl quarterback to you? Well, he might end up being, he might end up being one, but I don't know. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I I can't, I I can't put him and Tom Brady anywhere near each other. Uh, Carson Palmer, yes and no. When Palmer's hot, he's better than Cam Newton, and when he's not, Newton's clearly better than Palmer. When Newton, when Palmer's on that that uh, whatever you know the other the other side of his uh, <laughs> the other Jekyll the other side of the old Jekyll and Hyde. But the uh, Carolina Panthers wind up opening this game. With six and a half minutes remaining in the second quarter, 31 donut. I mean, I'm like, my God, it's literally Vikings and Giants all over again in 2000. Maybe the Carolina Panthers will just add 10 more points in the second half. And Seattle won't score jack crap. But we all know Seattle. We know what they do. We know what they do. They start horribly. They take a dump on themselves. They do whatever they do. Okay, forgive me for that. But you get the idea. They look confused, dazed, pissed off, frustrated, all the above. They don't know what's going on. They they don't know what planet they're on. And then something clicks. Oh goody! And the Seattle Seahawks are back in the game. And that opening drive to that second half is like okay, sure. Carolina fans are probably like, eh, it's just one touchdown. But educated football, educated anyway. Carolina fans, no, that's 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 a serious problem right there. <laughs> it was pretty sharp. It was pretty quick. Only a minute and forty seven seconds into the second half, and they score a touchdown that quick, yeah, and then Carolina can't do jack crap, uh, Russell Wilson again drives his team down the field with virtually no help from a guy by the name of, uh, by the name of Marshawn Lunch, Marshawn Lunch was Carolina's lunch the entire game, oh that's right, Marshawn Lunch was back in the game, he was there so he didn't get fined, he showed up, he at least made it this time, only six attempts in the game. Of course, they're behind by a trillion points. So there's nothing you can do. But he looked like garbage the whole time. Kind of like Adrian against Seattle. You know? Yeah, both times anyway. Oh, <gasps> did I say that? But March on Lunch was lunch for Carolina. The Panthers had lunch. Boy, did they ever. Oh, kicked his ass. Just a nothing out there. Fred Jackson, eh, same thing. He's just kind of a career backup anyway, though he's had his moments with Green Bay and Buffalo. Yes, sir. <sighs> It was all Russell Wilson and those receivers, man. I mean, Jermaine curse is a son of a gun. Doug Baldwin, I, oh, he's so cocky, I can't stand him. Kyler Lockett was Kyler, drop, uh, drop it again, but he only dropped one, but it was another key big drop just like against the Vikings. But the Seahawks just were a completely different football team in that second half. Their defense was awesome. Carolina was nothing. Now, there's a reason why I was kind of like, oh, crap. I kind of hope Seattle comes back in this one. As much as I hate that team, with everything I am as a football fan, I can't stand them. I, I, I hate their invincibility, like their, their instability uh, mindset. I, I can't stand it. They think they could come back from anything. But, um... I don't want the Panthers to roll all over the Arizona Cardinals. I want the Cardinals to beat the, the uh, Panthers. And I, I think they're still capable, though. But, boy, they better get their butts in gear. That Packer game was not impressive. Um... But uh, you want to be able to see that Carolina's vulnerable. And yeah, they're vulnerable. Very much so. And Seattle did what they did that whole second half. One (laughs) one three and out after another for Carolina. They just could not seem to get anything going. Even though Seattle had some failed fourth downs. Again, very similar to the Vikings. But this time, Carolina had scored so many points. Seattle had so much work to do. that ultimately, they just ran out of gas. Despite the fact they had so many opportunities along the way. Seattle was down by just too many points. Uh, it would have been the second best comeback in NFL history by one freaking point. It was Frank Reich and the Buffalo Bills against the Houston Oilers in 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 Buffalo over there back in 92, 35-3. Houston is moving on. Warren Moons, sorry ass, I'm sorry to say, in the postseason. Sorry ass in the postseason. was finally going to win a postseason game. But no, no, he wasn't going to win a postseason game. He blew it again. <laughs> he had multiple interceptions in that game. Uh, Cam Newton was no Warren Moon in this one. He, he played conservatively, and he was good enough. Only 22 attempts. They ran the ball quite a bit, and wisely, they were using the clock. And good for them. Very smart coaching by Rivera. And the Carolina Panthers and Jonathan Stewart as a stud. One of the best running backs in football. Two touchdowns in the game. He ultimately was one of the huge key factors for Carolina winning this game. Not only in the first half, racking up the points, but also burning that clock. That ever-important clock. <laughs> that Seattle is so capable of uh, using to their advantage, despite the fact they're behind. They're just so good at getting the job done with their miracle frickin' plays, their hero ball. But it wasn't enough. Russell Wilson winded up, after starting off so terribly, still wound up with a respectable 91.1 quarterback rating, even after a pick-six in the game, attempting 48 passes, almost 400 yards in the game. Wow. Um, He's just a completely different guy in the second half. It's crazy to watch, but... uh, Luckily for the uh, Carolina Panthers, it just was not enough time. They tried to do the same thing to the Panthers that they did to the Packers last year. Panthers, Packers, it's almost tongue-twisting there. You know, the old squib kick. It was the only chance Seattle had against Green Bay last year in that NFC title game. Green Bay had to fumble that kickoff. See, uh, excuse me, Carolina had to fumble the kickoff in this case. But this time, nope. The Carolina linebacker hung onto that thing <laughs> with his life. There was no way in hell the Seahawks were going to get the ball from that guy, and there you go ball game once he held that ball up in the air and the play was dead, Cal Carolina had to do was kneel down and burn that clock away and here come the panthers, bang they are hosting the NFC championship game for the first time in their history they've had to be on the road most of the time or they've had to be on the road when they won the uh, the uh <laughs> when they won their conference championships against uh, their well their won conference championship against Philadelphia. Um, that that year back in back in 4, 03, 04. it was two thousand three, but one up being 0-4 You get the idea. Philadelphia finally won the next year over Atlanta, but that's kind of you know another topic. Almost Seattle, almost, but not this time. They couldn't get that squib kick, but that, if they did, I could just about guarantee Seattle was going to score a touchdown and win that game, or at least force overtime. <laughs> they would have just like Buffalo did long long ago in a galaxy far away it could have happened or <laughs> it almost happened Denver and Pittsburgh yet another good game for the rights to well either host the Patriots or visit the Patriots in the Pittsburgh Steelers case Pittsburgh Steelers the Seattle Seahawks of the AFC the Denver Broncos I guess the Carolina Panthers so I I I don't know their their defense is real good just like Carolina. I think New England and uh, Arizona are similar that way. Similar. in uh, They have the veteran quarterback who's, who's still very good, like Tom Brady and, and Carson Palmer. And then in uh, <clears throat> Denver's case, well, um, Peyton Manning's nothing like Cam Newton, is he? Nothing. That's why I don't... <laughs> I think the Broncos, out of the remaining four teams, have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. Zero. And that's no... <clears throat> that's certainly no shot at Gerald string, and that's certainly no shot at the Denver Broncos. It's just reality. I'm, I'm trying to be nice here. I'm trying. You know, I, I have nothing against the Broncos. I have nothing against Peyton Manning. I, I just don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I, I just don't think to, to Peyton Manning at 39, with his all his vulnerability and his inability to win at, in, in the big moments on a regular basis, is, is going to win the Super Bowl against, a, is going to survive a, a New England, an Arizona, or a Carolina. I, I just don't see it happening. I don't, and they'd have to at least win two out of the uh, out of. They'd have to at least beat two out of those three great teams to to win the championship. With all that said, Denver did a very good job in this game. Uh, they survived a Pittsburgh team that was pretty strong, actually. Um, <clears throat> congratulations to <clears throat> my God! I'm going to choke to death. They survived a uh, pretty strong game by Ben Roethlisberger. The fact he did not <laughs> did not have to <laughs> he did not have to uh, exit the game ultimately. He played better than Peyton Manning. Neither quarterback threw an interception or a touchdown, which is pretty funny. The running games were fantastic in this game. And the, uh, com- the uh, well, I mean, the receivers were good in this game. Just no big plays to, to, to get a touchdown, ultimately, from either club. It was the Denver defense that was better and the Denver running game that was better. Peyton Manning was just kind of there, and he didn't make mistakes. He only got sacked once, so good offensive line job by the Denver Broncos. But... <laughs> He's nest, he's just not that good anymore, paid Manning. He's just not. Only 74.4 quarterback rating. Against a Pittsburgh defense that is nothing like it used to be when it was a, like Steel Curtain 2.0. Ben Roethlisberger was pretty good in the game, as, as was the Pittsburgh Steelers running game. But a key fumble late really, really killed him. Uh, huge, huge fumble by Fitzgerald. That's confusing. Fitzgerald, after talking about Larry Fitzgerald, Toussaint, Toussaint excuse me, Toussaint, huge fumble in the game. Ended up changing the whole momentum. Pittsburgh actually had the lead at the time. And they were driving down the field. And it looked like they had this thing. They would have won the game if it wasn't for this fumble. Uh, all the momentum was on the Steelers. They were going to build on their lead. Denver was probably going to fold at that point. But the huge fumble by Toussaint ultimately ended up spelling the uh, the doom for the Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. C.J. <clears throat> Anderson is one of the better running backs in the NFL, I think. You don't hear about him as much as you hear about Adrian Peterson or even Marshawn Lunch or other guys. But he is a stud. Uh, I like him. He, he's an up-and-comer still at this stage. He's young. His his stats aren't anything spectacular, but I, I he just gets it done. I mean, he, he really does. Yeah, I mean, he only wound up with 538 yards during the course of the season, but I think he's one of the better running backs in the league. He's just underutilized. I think he's going to continue to develop. Undrafted free agent. What a nice... Uh, PC is ultimately to the Denver Broncos, though, in my humble opinion. I mean, I like him, and that's just how I roll. <laughs> ultimately, when it comes to the Denver Broncos, it's just one of those things. It's he's just one of those guys that you know he's 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 gonna he's gonna continue to emerge in the NFL. He, he might end up being another. Uh, uh, Priest Holmes or something, where he he started out good, in his case, I suppose, and he really emerged like Arian Foster more or less, where he was undrafted, and he was kind of a no-name for a while, and he just continued to emerge. I'm just really impressed by that guy. And I'm sure Gerald String will have something to say about it on Facebook, and you're welcome to comment about C.J. Anderson. I like him a lot, and he's one of the reasons I thought the Denver Broncos had beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he was one of the reasons the Denver Broncos beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had to hit the cough button earlier. That's why I heard kind of a Little noise there, so I I couldn't breathe. So, apologize for that. (laughs) I gotta start like getting better about that, don't I? (laughs) But sometimes when I talk a lot, my mouth dries out, and yeah, that's just on me there. Conference finals only two games to preview AFC or NFC. Let's start with the AFC since all you guys hate the AFC so much and you think they're inferior, which they're not necessarily. Denver Broncos host the game, though, because the Patriots couldn't beat the bleeping Dolphins at the end of the year. Come on! Or the Jets. Come on, New England. You had the AFC wrapped up. You should have home field. The Super Bowl, the road to the Super Bowl should belong to the Patriots, and it doesn't. That sucks. But I don't think the Broncos are going to win the game. Uh, Peyton Manning is going to have a key interception at some point. The weather will be a factor. It'll be very important. But at this stage, I'm not picking the Broncos to beat the Patriots. Tom Brady is so much more sharp. The only, the thing that could really do in the Patriots, again, is C.J. Anderson. The uh, the missing pieces on defense, and if somehow that offensive line with New England struggles, because it is depleted with injuries, a key injury late in the season, which really sucks for the Patriots, that defense of Denver and the running game will is what would get them to the Super Bowl. But right now, I, could, I, I just see Tom Brady and the Patriots coming up with something. Play calls, you know the eligible receiver down the field, that type of stuff. You know, just quick changes and stuff. I think they're better. I think they're better than the Broncos ultimately. Just as good a job as Gary Kubiak is, and such. It's kind of like the polar opposites, isn't it? I mean, just an unbelievable passing game with New England, but then you got the not so good quarterback at this stage of his career in Peyton Manning, and the great running game with Denver. So it's kind of an opposite uh, case there between the Broncos and the Patriots, uh, but I see the Patriots surviving this. I just think it's a, I, I just think they know what they're doing here. They have a mixed history against the Broncos. They beat Denver in the past to get to the Super Bowl, and they lost to Denver, allowing them to get to the Super Bowl for one of the most unwatchable games in NFL history between the Seahawks and the Broncos. If the Denver Broncos survive and they play against the Carolina Panthers, it's going to be one of the most unwatchable games of all time. Uh, I'll really enjoy seeing Arizona beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl, and it's, again, nothing against the Broncos. I'm telling you, I I just don't think they're good enough. Honest to God. Uh, I'll be happy to watch Arizona win because I really like that team right now. I would be very happy to see them win, though the only crappy part here is if either Carolina or Arizona win, it's yet another team out there to get a Super Bowl before the Vikings. That's the most crappy part of all. If the NFC does win the Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> my heart's with the Patriots, and I hope they end up winning the whole thing anyway, and then you don't have to talk about that. Patriots that have their fifth championship, which would be insane. They'd be one of their greatest franchises in NFL history at that point. The fact, only one behind the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is insane. Um, Brady versus Manning, it's a pretty rich history. Uh, man, uh, Brady's history against Manning, though, pretty damn good. Only lost to him twice. The only time the uh, Manning did win a championship was the old 6 and Brady had a key interception at the end of the game. Unbelievable. I've talked about it here and there. And of course, just a lousy game by the Patriots in Denver back in 2013. Just lousy game by the Patriots. It's possible that'll happen, but I, I, I just really think the Patriots are uh, awfully sharp right now. I think they're going to survive this. I think they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. What will happen at that point, we'll find out, and we'll talk about it next week, if indeed they do survive the Denver Broncos in that great running game. That's the key that could cost the Patriots the game. Again, just better coaching and that, that just the clutch ability by Tom Brady. He could carve up any defense. He, he carved up the Seahawks in the Super Bowl last year. Unbelievable. It's just the fact that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks were doing the same thing to the Patriots in return. It's just so frustrating. (laughs) Carolina hosts the Arizona Cardinals. This is going to be a good one. This is, of course, at 6.30-ish. The other one is at 3.30-ish, the AFC Championship game next Sunday is going to be so awesome. 15-1 Panthers, 13-3 Arizona Cardinals. I think most of America thinks this is the uh, pre-Super Bowl, if you know what I mean. Like, the winner of this game is going to win the championship, and I don't blame you for believing that at all. I I really don't. Will Tyron Matthews' injury... Be key to the Arizona Cardinals losing this game. It could be key to the Cardinals losing to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady out there, but i I it really hinges on Carson Palmer here biggest key of all in this game. It's all about Carson Palmer this game in my opinion. Carolina's got that running game, but Arizona's got that defense. It's fantastic just a it's a fantastic defense. They've they've managed to survive despite uh, that injury to Tyron Matthew. It really sucks that it happened. and I I feel terrible about it, ultimately. But you have Larry Fitzgerald, who I think will be a big key in this one. As long as Carson Palmer is sharp. If if he has to be sharp in the second half to win the game, so be it. But if Carson Palmer, the X-Factor of X-Factors, is sharp in this game, the Arizona Cardinals will win and finally get to the Super Bowl again with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians and Ron Rivera... You know, I talk about Bill Belichick, that he's the best coach in football. I really like what Gary Kubiak has done with the Denver Broncos. I I really like it. Obviously, Pete Carroll is one of the best coaches in the NFL, even though he's obnoxious and nobody likes him. (laughs) I I certainly don't. Um, Arizona, I mean, yeah, even at Mike Iapati, just uh, such a nice uh, pickup, obviously, during the offseason a couple years ago from the Arizona Cardinals. They're kind of like they're kind of like the 49ers with Carson Palmer at that at this point. Remember how good that defense was? That's kind of like Arizona now. They're building more of a foundation to that Arizona team with defense. They're kind of like the Vikings, but if the Vikings had Carson Palmer instead of Teddy Bridgewater, that type of thing. And Larry Fitzgerald is just that established. Like he's like the Adrian Peterson, though at a different position. That type of thing. They're kind of similar to the Vikings, just a little bit ahead because of the Carson Palmers of the world over there. Um, that type of thing. Uh I think the Cardinals, ultimately, if they play their game, they're better than the Carolina Panthers. And I think they will beat the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. I think they're a better team. I think the Panthers are, well, they're very good. They're very talented. They're a little bit on the cocky side. But then again, anybody right now probably is on the cocky side. I mean, even Tom Brady, probably—you know—he he's quieter about it, but on the inside, I'm sure he's he's cocky too. He, he thinks they're going to win it all every time he touches the football. This team is the best team in football and we're going to win and nobody's going to stop me, that type of thing. Um, I can't believe 73% of Yahoo is picking the Carolina Panthers over Arizona, though. I think the Cardinals are kind of that Atlanta Falcons, so to speak, type of team coming into the Metrodome, that type of thing. I I don't know. I, I think the Carolina Panthers' trip to the Super Bowl is going to end at home, unfortunately for them, uh, in the evening, in primetime. The Cardinals in primetime this year were freaking awesome, the whole season. In fact, their worst primetime game, I'd have to say, was against the Vikings, and they still won that game. I think the Panthers, or Panthers, I think Arizona will win this one with their defense, and I have a feeling Carson Palmer is going to be more sharp than he was against Green Bay. It's going to be a hell of a battle. It really is. It's going to be an epic back and forth type of a battle. This is going to be one of the great games. And if Carson Palmer comes out and stinks, though, it's game over for the for the Cardinals. I mean, it's the biggest key of all. Cam Newton and the Panthers are what they are. Um, if Arizona comes out striking, the Panthers will. The Panthers will start to worry. They'll start to panic. They'll start to make mistakes. But if Arizona comes out <laughs> flat, if Carson Palmer can't complete a pass and has a big interception. Carolina will probably start to roll over them. But don't be surprised if Arizona still makes it, a huge, makes it a game. And maybe even comes back and wins it at this point. I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals winning the game. Um, I didn't even pick a final score for the New England one because I'm crazy. I'll pick the Arizona one right now. 31-28. Extremely close. Going to come down to the wire. But the Pan- but the uh, Panthers. I keep calling them that. The Arizona Cardinals will survive this. 31-28. And they will go to their second Super Bowl. And they will win their second uh, NFC Championship game. In the history of their franchise. Uh, as for the uh, New England Patriots, they're gonna win the game over the Denver Broncos. I think it's gonna be a pretty good one as well. 27 to 20. New England Patriots will survive that one. Tom Brady will be sharp enough and the Denver offense won't be good enough. Peyton Manning is just not gonna get it done. I'm sure CJ Anderson will get in the end zone or he'll get the he'll help the Broncos at least get at least one touchdown. He'll be one of the big factors in the game. The The defense will contain the New England Patriots. They'll have zero running game again against that defense, but Brady will be good enough and help the Patriots win that one. Gronkowski and Edelman will be huge keys in that game and will lead that team to their like, seventh Super Bowl appearance. Seventh NFC Championship game uh, victory. That is just insane. All-time records right there. Off the charts. It just sucks that they lost a couple Super Bowls for them. Otherwise, that'd be the best franchise ever. But, uh, crazy. Uh, seventh Super Bowl appearance for the Patriots and you're going to see Arizona and New England in the Super Bowl. The Cardinals will be wearing red, the Patriots will be wearing white and there will be blue as well. So it'll be a very American Super Bowl, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course the, the Arizona Cardinals would be favored to win that one. They had the better regular season, but the Patriots have the pedigree and we all know what's going to happen ultimately with that. Uh, with the pedigree, it'll make it a extremely great Super Bowl in my opinion. We'll talk about it when the time comes. Because it might not be the matchup. (laughs) Arizona very well could win that Super Bowl over New England. Maybe they'll show their weakness, and the New England's weakness will be beaten, and the Patriots and the uh, Cardinals will win that one. But we'll talk about that when the time comes. We'll see who's in it. I may be very, very wrong. It might be the polar opposite, and if it is, it's going to be hard to watch, in my opinion. Carolina will probably win that one pretty soundly, unfortunately. But if uh, Denver wins, I'll be cheering. I mean, I'll be I'll be happy for him without a doubt. So with that. Let's take a break. Let's get back to some fan interaction after this mega segment. And we are back on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction. Let's get to that Facebook page right away. Let's just get moving here after that long segment. <laughs> Uh, Purple Mafia Facebook page. Type in the search bar Purple Mafia Minnesota Vikings Show or, well, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. It's that simple. Boom. Join it. Please. And comment as much as you like. It's greatly appreciated. So we'll pick up where we left off when I post them. Recent show is out. You know, the newest show is out episode. In that case, 209. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mark Carlson comments on it saying Mark Carlson to Palladino Joey. Yes, I did play Coleco football. Lots of play on the school bus." Listening this morning and enjoying the show. Love your enthusiasm and sure helps kick the blues. I was so certain we were going to move on. And I was too. And Vikings probably would have beaten the Cardinals. Yes. It looks like they would have. And if they did, well, we'd have to go to Carolina. Um, Last year we beat that team pretty soundly. But that was a, for whatever reason, the Panthers weren't playing as well. They're all the same players. There's no major difference on that roster. The coaching staff is the same. But they're just playing better this year. That's partially why I don't think the Panthers are going to beat the Arizona Cardinals, by the way. With Carson Palmer being injured and and such last year, and Palmer, as sharp as he is, and Fitzgerald better this year, Cardinals are going to win the NFC, and maybe the Super Bowl as well, depending on how things go. Uh, Offensive line coach Jeff Davidson's contract has not been renewed. I can definitely see the O line being the number one area addressed this offseason. Thoughts? That was my post. Let's see the reaction. Tony Coleman says yes. It frustrates me to no end to see all these quarterbacks this season with all the time in the world, and yet Teddy so much time, so much of the time, is these are hurriedly running away or on the ground. Let's finally get him some protection. And uh, as the Vikings do, they'll be fantastic. Brent Jacobson says a rumor has that they've reached out to former Dolphins interim coach Dan Campbell and he was a possibility but ultimately we got former Dolphins head coach Tony Soprano at the end uh Brent Jacobson saying I wouldn't be surprised you're opposed to a new offensive coordinator who and or a new running back only if the price is right not bad uh that's not a bad statement right there Brent um well, the new running back would be, of course, Jarek McKinnon and maybe someone else, uh, like to via the draft again. I was totally, totally in agreement with the Vikings drafting Jarek McKinnon when the time came because Adrian was getting older, and that was, of course, before all the drama and all that. And, yeah, I mean, it was the right time to pick a guy, and look how, look what a factor Jarek McKinnon is. You can just see him becoming a big, big part of this offense going into next season. It's a shame they just let him sit there all year. But, huh, Adrian got another rushing championship in his... Uh, well, right now he's 18th on the all-time rushing list, but just 2,000 more yards, and he'll be like 5th. So the gap is is uh, very small from 5 to 18 in the NFL. There's just been a lot of very, very good running backs, but only a couple legends up there at the top with Ladanian. And, of course, very ultra-familiar names after that. Curtis Martin, 4th all-time, crazy. 3rd all-time, Barry Sanders. That's the you know, This is the best of all time here. Barry Sanders. Walter Payton. Walter Payton who also had a fumbling problem. And you notice how many times he swung that ball around, just like Adrian. And, and of course, Emmitt Smith, number one all-time. Longevity, greatness, rings, all that. Let's move on. I'm taking too long. Dave Hickey, I just love talking about football, don't I? <laughs> Especially history, too. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Says, absolutely, it has been a big problem for years. This is the offseason where AP needs to be dealt. Coming off, winning the rushing title, his stock should be high. Deal him to Dallas and get something back for that Herschel Walker mistake. Scratch that I don't want help Dallas win scratch that I don't want to help Dallas win any more Super Bowls. How about the Titans? They should have some high picks. I would not be opposed to trading Adrian Peterson either. Um, I'm sick of the fumbling. You're in a big game, you can't count on a guy with the best numbers in football. The best He's the best running back in football, you can't count on him. And, of course, it was a miracle you saw him actually catching a pass in, in that game because he never does that. And his blocking's never been good, and we can go on forever. Let's talk about this other topic going in a way different direction. The LA Rams live again. The NFL basically stuck the finger up and thumbed their nose at the city of St. Louis. For what reason? I don't know. It's Pretty much as bad as when the NHL did that to uh, Minnesota here. Yet I think Minnesota, I think they screwed around way too much. And I don't know what the Marvin Harv thing was going on with the Target Center. Why in God's name can't, couldn't the North Stars play in Target Center? I I just don't get these people. They make me sick. Is it they're so effing greedy and it makes me so mad. And like you can't share an arena. Yet the city of Los Bleeping Angeles can share. The Staples Center with the Kings, the Clippers, and the Lakers. So you can't have the North Stars and Timberwolves share the Target Center? It's like, like what the hell? And then now with the new renovation of the Target Center, oh, well now the Lynx have to go. Why? 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 And then you can't even get soccer in the new stadium, yet that was one of the biggest things of, like when they're going to build the stadium, we're going to get a, a Major League Soccer team. And oh, oh, scratch that. They need their own stadium. What the flying and you know what i was totally for the viking stadium totally for target field totally for target center renovation totally 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 for excellent energy center but some of these business guys behind the scenes and the city officials and what the bleep are they thinking sometimes god have mercy i hate it i hate it so much oh i hate it seriously why 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 couldn't the north stars play in target center why like what the hell and I know Norm Green was the biggest jackass ever, and he probably wanted the moon. But, uh, ah, let's just move on. I'm, I don't, I don't want to spend like a half hour screaming and yelling, and you're going to be turning the volume down, maybe even giving me a one star on Facebook. He's not talking about the Vikings. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Well, the LA Rams exist again. They're the team that was a victim to the Minnesota Vikings' home field advantage in the cold multiple times, which again pisses me the frick off, because it was even colder this weekend than last weekend. Imagine if the Vikings had a first round bye. NFC Championship game, here we come. And what if it's cold again next weekend? Which I don't think it's going to be as cold, unfortunately. But the Vikings' chances of making the Super Bowl would be up there. It'd be up there. And then I talked about Tony Soprano. Uh, Soprano. Oh, no. I knew that was going to happen. Tony Soprano. Yep. Hired as offensive line coach. Thoughts? Mark Carlson says, welcome to the family. And I'm like, "Here (laughs) on. Purple mafia, right? And Mark says, I love that intro. Yep. I love you too, Mark. You're awesome. Uh, I forgot to... Uh, Mark Olsen said, I couldn't believe it when the L.A. Rams are moving back to, uh, well, yeah, the St. Louis Rams are moving back to L.A. Don't know what's going on, though. The Charters wanted to leave San Diego. They're probably going to go. The Oakland Raiders kind of don't care. They don't know what they're doing. Yet yeah, they're like, say St. Louis is ready to go with the stadium, and the NFL's like, screw you, go to L.A. Rams, and I, I don't know. Stupid bullcrap. Okay, let's get to the Tony's... Tony Sperano. I'm trying to be careful. Sebastian Balls says, great pickup. He's also a host of the Purple Press Box. Hasn't been posting lately, but still do check it out, and he'll he'll be posting on there. Subscribe to his page. Just look up Purple Press Box on YouTube, and you'll find it right away. Subscribe to it, so join. So whenever he does post about it, I'm sure he'll have some videos coming up. And of course, uh, a lot of his motivational speaking is great. Gerald String says, sweet. And Dave Hickey says, this is great news. And I agree with all you. you. Big, big hire there. Big hire. Just like when the Vikings got George O'Leary To coach the defense. He was fantastic. Uh, Originally, I believe it was the... I can't remember if it was linebackers or D-line, but he was a big, big hire. He was very good. He ended up going back to college, though, Doggone on it, ultimately, because he got a head coaching gig again. Chip Kelly, the head coach of the 49ers, is like, what are the Niners doing? Yeah, some people do believe that could be a great hire. Uh, We'll see. Sebastian does not seem to think so. He says, they are a joke. Justin Mayor Henry says he can't hurt them at all, can he? Because the Niners suck, apparently according to Mayor Henry, right? Sebastian says watch him, get, watch him get zero say over the roster, though. And Dave Hickey wrapping this section up with, I'm hoping he's going to destroy that organization because I flat out hate the 49ers, lol. I don't hate him, look at you. But then again, that's all opinion. I mean, I don't hate the uh, Broncos either, and I, I think Gerald thinks I do. I don't... I'm just not impressed with Peyton Manning at this stage of his career. I, I just am not. And he belongs in a Colts jersey, and the Broncos should have, like, Osweiler or somebody else, and it's easier to like them at this stage. It's just weird. It's just weird. I I don't know. Don't know how to explain it. It's the old pickle and honey sandwich thing again. It, ah, it's a weird combination. And then I posted a uh, picture of Surly Furious, which I wouldn't mind Surly being a sponsor of the show. In fact, that'd be huge, but I doubt it. I, I doubt they'll even... But I was celebrating a Cardinals win with a red beer. A Surly Furious, one of the more bitter ones out there. I guess you could call this a free plug. It's a bright red can because I was celebrating the Cardinals' victory over the Packers. I got five likes. Thank you very much. It should be a thousand, but you get the idea. Mark Carlson saying, cheers. I almost put a Surly in the shopping cart tonight. I went with a mixed match. Cardinal, uh, congrats, Cardinals. Bye-bye. cheese. I wonder what Surly. Let me know. Just out of curiosity, what Surly uh, beer were you going to put in your cart? There's the overrated uh, West Coast IPA and the Surly Hell, which I really like. The lager and the and the cynical is freaking awesome. Um, you know, so you get the idea. A uh, Abracive Ale is the best of all, though. That's a, like a, a winter one. Oh, my goodness. It's another IPA, but it's a super duper one. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Lots of pictures. There's the Blair Walsh post from Leland. So that's where we continued off of last week. This is the visitor post, of course. And uh, Ali, Ali out there, if you're still uh, listening to the show... I missed you posting on here. I really did appreciate it a lot. It's nice to get those articles. He does post on Sebastian's Facebook page, but post on mine too. It it really does help. I I hope he didn't think uh, we didn't care about it because we really do. Uh, A lot of us do appreciate that. It's just a nice help to the show and and, and the page. So, Ali, if you're listening, please, uh, you do deserve... uh, a lot of value to our page. We really appreciate you. Uh, he says, Viking fans watching Green Bay and Seattle lose, and they're going ah! <laughs> it's like images of a couple guys going ah! <laughs> and then Sebastian, loved this. Uh, live looking at Seahawks memorabilia. It's a waste management uh, dumpster uh, with a massive fire in it. And yeah, that's about it. Live looking at Seahawks memorabilia. Mm-hmm. You know, the Seahawks in the 80s were pretty cool, weren't they? That, that was a cool football team. Yet, yeah. I don't know. I hate these. I hate these guys. Um, yeah, I just do. Uh, it was a cool team back in the day, the '90s. They just sucked. Uh, who's gonna cheer for Rick Meyer? He was terrible. And then Matt, Matt Hasselbeck and all that green. Ah, it's too much Green Bay. Too much Green Bay trash. like all over that organization when Mike Colmgren went there. So I refuse to cheer for that team either. Screw that. I was like, go Steelers in that Super Bowl. Um, so let's get to the Twitter. Wrap things up at Purple Mafia Show for the Twitter account. Couple talks here from Andre. He says uh, he liked it when I said that nothing's worse than dominating a game but losing it. That was me. I knew that bleeping idiot would fumble. I was talking about Adrian, blah, blah, blah. These are from last week, though. Uh happy. Yep. Oh, yeah. Malcolm loved it. Malcolm out of California at Mac Sween, MacSween. M A C Sween S W E E N 10. So give him a follow if you like. He says, Happy Gilmore, LOL. He liked what I said to Happy Gilmore comment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fun. So, where are we? There it is. Mad Martin saying, starting a dumpster fire. Terrible choice, but not our problem. And that was with the 49ers. And I said, Chip Kelly, what are they doing? Uh, and Mad Martin saying, this is so much fun. When, the, uh, when I was saying, 31 donut and it's not even halftime yet. What happened to Richard Sherman? Did pride come before the fall? Seattle is playing scared. And they were. Mad Martin saying, oh, this is so fun. And then he says, guess that Minnesota cold took it out on the on them 9 game. I'm bored with this now. But it changed dramatically after that. I'm sure uh, you saw that. And Andre was showing how Russell Wilson got the pick sticks there. Thank you very much, Andre. Really appreciate that. It's at Andre, C-H-O-U-R. Give him a follow. And then Tanae liked that comment and everything. Uh, thank you very much, ultimately for those of you that like and follow and retweet the show the tenays out there and such. Thank you guys so much. And Vince Germano has retweeted the show many times in the past uh, as well. Thank you guys so much for your support, your love of this show. I really appreciate you. Those of you out there that haven't followed or anything yet, but you've been listening for a while, maybe follow on Twitter or like the Facebook page, please do join either one. And if you do have an iTunes account, please write a review on, uh, on there. five, Four or five star review. Tell us what you like about the show. Thank you so much in advance for that. I should pass out some stars for this one. I really should. Uh, where are we going to go? Um, Gold star to Mark Carlson. Just awesome post throughout this one. Really, really appreciate your involvement in this one. Silver star going to go to, uh, to uh, Dave Hickey. Also so staying in Iowa once again here. Kind of old school style right here. Silver star to Dave Hickey. And bronze star is going to go to Sebastian. Thank you very much for returning to the show again. I love those pictures you put up there. They're fantastic. In fact, that's almost like a silver right there. Basically, it's kind of it's a silver plated bronze. You could say silver lining. You know, <laughs> just an awesome, awesome, uh, awesome pictures. Really love what you had to put up there, and I love what Sebastian posts on the page. I hope he doesn't run away. <laughs> I hate when he disappears. Damn it. I I missed you. You know, I love when you're involved with the show and. Uh, I'd like to have him on Purple Mafia again at some point. State of the Vikings, uh, you could pretty much put that in, uh, in uh, as long as he's interested anyway, you could uh, <laughs> put that in stone. Sebastian Balls will be co hosting the State of the Vikings coming up, maybe late February, early March, right around free agency and such. We'll do what we do and get tons of listeners, man. That show is so popular. And when Sebastian's on, Oh, man, it's so popular. So <laughs> I just I love it, and I appreciate it so much. So thank you, all of you guys, again, for your listenership, your support. Go Cardinals, go Patriots. I would hate to see anything different than that, but eh, we'll see. We'll see. Then again, it'll be kind of hard to see either one of them lose, though, in the Super Bowl. if They both make it. That's the one copy part. So hopefully at least one of them makes it, for goodness sake, so I have a rooting interest, though. I suppose I'd cheer for Denver. Uh, I don't hate Carolina. I I just don't like him enough. I don't like him enough, and I'd be happy to see Denver win, I suppose, if they do. So there you go. Um, Thanks again, everybody, for listening. God bless you, and we'll be back to talk Super Bowl next week.